everyone. Welcome to another episode of Nerd Variety Podcast. I am Josh Davies, and I am joined today by Hunter No Hugs Rafferty. Hi. Hey, man. And we're also joined by Hannah having a happy birthday, Hogan. Yeah. It's my birthday. Whee. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. She partied, like, she partied like it was her birthday. I did. I played lots of board games and got bubble tea. And that was my birthday. That sounds like a good birthday. It was good. Well, and my husband brought me Marietta Diner last night, which... Oh, man. Like, he... He came home with six takeout boxes for the two of us. <laughs> they they serve so much food there. That seems excessive. Um, it was. It was. It's um, diner. It's it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, strawberry I, cheesecake. This whole weekend, while I was at Dragon Con, I ate like once every day, and sometimes I didn't even finish my meal because it was too big. I just, you know, I don't know if you guys are like this at conventions, but I just don't get hungry when I'm doing stuff. Especially when I'm in like this, you know, these Spider-Man suits that are, uh, you know, they have like these built-in gloves and stuff. So, you know, I feel I don't really want to eat stuff with my hands. So I try to stick yeah. to fin- uh, fork, forks stuff. Although the last day in my, when I was in my costume, I, uh, I did go to checkers. So I kind of had to do... <laughs> Uh, like a fish sandwich thing and uh and fries so i felt a bit bad about that but uh i i avoided as best i could going to the bathroom because uh i i i really just didn't feel like stripping to use the restroom in a public restroom yeah hey man, if you're gonna be spider-man you gotta live that life and <laughs> i what guess was, what was what would spider-man do um <laughs> he would he would hold it <laughs> He would hold it yep for all night or he would wear sweatpants he would wear sweatpants he would have a compartment in the suit <laughs> probably. he would probably not be ashamed of using the just going right in his suit i haven't been to a lot of cons but i feel like if i did go to more i probably would only eat once a day if that but mostly because i already paid for the con and i would probably be out of money yeah yeah that was pretty much mean that's also why <laughs> i got no photos or autographs with anybody um except also the reasons that we talked about earlier which i don't really want to ever pay anybody to be in a photo with them i hate being in photos anyway so why would i pay somebody to be in a? Mm-hmm. it depends on the sentimental value and can you do it if you can't do it then you know don't see yeah, I, don't, like- I don't have any sentimental value for anything <laughs> i feel like there are people out there who like who are and and have sort of like these heroes of people that they saw in media that like really uh, impacted them or changed their life or inspired them apparently josh is one or has one yes (laughs) um i don't i can understand in that situation like i mean to me it's just you know i can admire them you know good actors for just somebody who's doing who does really yeah. good at their job. Yeah. Well, you guys have heard how much I talk about Star Trek and how I grew up on it a ton. And I really think, I mean, it was like instrumental in terms of sci-fi television. Um, and you said that William Shatner was there. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't. If I could have gotten a picture with him, like in my yeah. mind, he's like a historical figure almost. Yeah. Or George, or George Takei. George Takei. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like George Takei has, like, he was a he went to Georgia State a, a couple times while I was there. I think. While we were there. <laughs> and like, I, I still haven't seen him. He, you know, at this point, he just seems too accessible. It's just like. No. Mm, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But still, he's a kind of a, a figure. Like if he's like a very inspirational figure for you, even as a as a character and as a person, then why not try to meet him and yeah. talk to him or have a little memento, you know? Yeah. I get it, but there's not a lot of people that I would pay eighty dollars to be in the picture with. Yeah. No. Yeah, Again, like, yeah. It depends on the price. It depends on the price. Yeah, like I got to I got to be rejected by Zachary Levi for free. So there you go. Yeah. Go up, ask him. Hey, so I have this podcast now. I know. Yeah. Nice. Wait like an hour for that line. It was stupid. Although again, <laughs> I knew I knew exactly what I was getting into. Like yeah. I knew there was no way it was gonna be that he had time or was just gonna do it. He's a busy man now. Yeah. But you got to talk to Zachary Levi, which is yeah. which is great. He, he also is a fantastic uh he just has a, a great presence like when he was on stage i saw him at two different panels one he was with uh there was actually a moderator and um cooper andrews who was uh i can't remember the the guy's name uh but the father the foster father in shazam and from i know him more as a jerry from uh, the walking dead so yeah uh cooper andrews didn't get like any time to talk at that panel like Zachary Levi he gets how I can be a lot of times which I kind of well I'm fine making that comparison uh listen to the podcast because I'm exactly I'm I'm exactly like Zachary Levi I'm exactly like Levi he's got a lot to say and that was it was he was the same way with uh at Walker Soccer Con with uh Kari Faton when they had they had like a it wasn't it was kind of like a panel but it, they didn't really have he would since they didn't have their own panel they kind of did like an interview with someone uh on a stage while everybody, everybody kind of crowded around and listened to him and he talked a lot about the show and his role and going in, going into the show and how much he loved it and cooper andrews was just kind of like yeah hey i'm jerry you know he was, yeah. he was chill you know like and that's honestly that's what i like about him i almost went up to his booth and asked him um but i don't know i i was i was more focused at about doing anything also i i don't know it was a wasted opportunity and i kind of knew that as i was doing it i also felt like it would have been just as pointless to try to talk to him about it yeah. although he had like nobody in his line yeah and they're they're chill like that sean Schimmel was the same way like he he, he went at, the, at his panel he said i i don't not doing your podcast sorry it's just it's the way the way, way it works but you know one of these days you know <laughs> so yeah i mean i saw I saw a lot of a lot of good actors and stuff at Dragon Con, which is great. And it's a very relaxed. Uh, there are just a lot of very relaxed panels. It's a very nice, uh, relaxed setting. Like I saw uh, Carrie Elwes. Uh, I saw his panel, which was great. Talked a lot about uh, the Princess Bride. That would be cool. Um, he would be something that I might. He would be someone I might take a picture with. Yeah, like he wasn't. He wasn't in the Walk of Fame when I went over there because I think I. Had, I think I had just come from his panel, although I can't remember for sure. Um, but yeah, like that was, 
<laughs> that was that was cool. Uh, obviously, again, talked a lot about um, Princess Bride. Well, there were a lot of questions about Princess Bride. Uh, he had some <laughs> good stories about like Andre the Giant and yeah. some other people I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Also, be apparently. A- Apparently, he actually, and I, I'm totally blanking on the guy's name, uh, Inigo Montoya. Um, they, I guess, actually did a lot of fencing training. Like, oh, in, sure. like in between yeah. shoots and stuff, between scenes. And then, like, while he was saying, like, while everybody else was going out, you know, kind of relaxing, drinking, having, or partying, you know, doing all sorts of stuff, like, after wraps, they would be going away to do their own training stuff yeah. which is funny because like the man the man in black is like the perfect person to have a stuntman for because yeah. you like can't see any of him basically but i guess it's his own thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. stuff yeah well speaking well, of story like princess bride stories storylines <laughs> God, really wasn't. I was going really to try to do that much smoother, Josh. What? It's too sharp. Too sharp. Anyways, continue. <laughs> uh, well, the topic for this uh, week, uh, I was going to talk about favorite, our favorite storylines in comics um, and manga. Uh, I guess you could consider like pick up a franchise and they if they have like a book series you can pick a storyline out of that um just your favorite ones and usually these are the ones that get adapted into adapted into media shows um you keep changing not, the parameters here you do. i know it's not it's not, i'm no, like I, books I, oh i can do books yeah, you say books i got it now i've read a lot of I'm books back to my original one well i was kind of assuming that you that would be i, I thought that was implied with like oh we're gonna pick you know <laughs> comics or like a major, you know, franchises, you know, book series or manga. I was those are the two ones that come to mind. Comics, comics and manga, but you know. All right, Josh, <laughs> we gotta talk about um, making assumptions and how. Well, you know what it does. But this is what we. Yeah, comics and manga are not in the same realm of my brain as books. Yeah. Right. Oh. Okay. Uh, that is not the same. They're like, in the same realm. They're in the same realm in mind, but just different on different planets. You know? To me, if you're including comics, manga, and books, then you're also throwing in. You might as well also throw in video games and film and television. I wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah. that's close I'm enough. Looking at, to I'm looking at things you read. Looking at things you read. I read a lot of webtoons by like independent creators. Well, according to Zachary Levi this weekend, he reads a lot of video games, it seems. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, <laughs> inside joke from Dragon Con. Uh, like, he just. It has a script, you can read it. Like, he constantly kept saying, you know, I was reading a video game. It's like, wait, no. Could Fine. we talk about The Cursed Child? It's technically a screenplay. You could, yeah. <laughs> but you read it. I'm sorry, Josh. We're giving you a lot of crap here. He deserves it. Well, I'm hoping that you all are, you know, could find something with that extra information. Um, so, uh, Hannah, <laughs> what uh, would you say are, is one of your favorite storylines out of comics, manga, or 
books. Or books. Or books in like, you know, a, a very, you know, I guess in a, in a, a franchise, so, kind of like a franchise level book series. I don't know. Wait, say that again. Comic book level franchise. No, books. no, like fr- like franchise level, like uh, something like. So there's there's a franchise, and they have like a book series, or you know, a very popular. They have they have different book series in like a, a form, media format. Um. There's a couple that I've been thinking about, and and we can kind of we could tie them together into sort of a common type of storyline or story arc or like you might even call it like a a plot point in in sort of like these large overarching stories which is the like the games right so you've got i feel like in most anime and manga there's like oh we're gonna have a tournament or we're gonna have a a battle or whatever and then you've got like the triwizard tournament and harry potter which is that kind of thing i just think it's cool because you see your favorite characters pitted up against like these brand new people that you've never seen before and you get to learn about them and and see kind of like how they mesh and and where the the tensions come up but it's kind of taking your the main characters that you're used to and putting them into a new situation um with a bunch of new people which I think is is cool and something that you just see a lot, um, and they're just they're just a lot of fun. So that would definitely be something that I enjoy uh, seeing in in stuff like that. And they tend to stretch them out a ridiculous amount in anime, but in manga they're they're a little bit more compact and um, and it's a good time. I just think about um, my sister and her boyfriend have been watching Dragon Ball. Um, and I go up and join them for an episode every now and then. And they're, I think they've been in a tournament for like 30 episodes or something. They do a lot of tournaments. and I don't know if it's ball. one tournament or if it's been a lot of tournaments. In Dragon Ball, they have two or three tournaments. Okay. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z, also like two or three tournaments. Yeah. But they're and, not, as, not as pronounced because it's, they have kind of bigger threats to go off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always I always tend to enjoy those. Yeah, in Dragon Ball, it definitely was more of when they had a tournament, that was the focus. Dragon Ball Z, it was a little more, you would start with a tournament and then go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also Dragon Ball Super had a lot of tournament things. Yeah, um, and like I, I love stories and character development and, and like these you know, big emotional moments and changes in people. But sometimes it's good to just kind of get together and kick each other's butts. It's all good yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, so they're always kind of a refreshing... There's, like, drama here and there, but mostly kind of relaxing. Are they at Piccolo Jr. yet? Stuff. Uh, I think they're almost there. Okay. I think they're I remember, almost there. They I just... When I was there, uh, when, I was, when I went over, you know, came over for... Um, D and D, they were watching. They actually just watched Goku defeat uh, King Piccolo. Ah, so that was yeah, like a month or so ago, I think. The most recent one, uh, I don't remember. So I was thinking they <laughs> yeah. went straight from King Piccolo to Piccolo Junior Saga, but I, I don't remember for sure. I know that they've run into Piccolo Junior at this point, and okay. I think that he'll probably up be up in like the next 10 episodes or so 
We actually, that is a, a tournament saga as well, I believe, because there's also the other, like, Piccolo Jr.'s brother, I think it is, that's like a weird dragon kind of guy that has wings or something. It's it, It's been a while, so... Yeah. Like I said, I've seen, like, every fifth or sixth episode that they've watched. I'm not really well-versed in Dragon Ball right now. So is that your storyline, or were you yeah. just going on? That's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so um, the Triwizard Tournament from Harry Potter is a really good example, right? Where, like, yeah, there's all this underlying drama, but, like, mostly you just get to, you know, learn all this new stuff about the magical world, and and you're, like, in the maze, and you have to fight a dragon, and, and it's just cool to... Well, to, I don't have I feel like it's a good, like... No. A good opportunity for world expansion and character introduction. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I remember thinking that too when I when I got to that one and honestly um so I'm really slow at reading the books. Like I'm not there yet in the books. I'm on I'm still on Chamber of Secrets. Um yeah, I Let's see I finished the books 10 years ago. See, when I was like in middle no, school. No, I think I think book 7 didn't come out. When I was in middle school or whatever. I I think it was and they were still coming out. I would read some of them i would read a little bit of of one of the books and then like i got the furthest through order of the phoenix and then the movie came out so i'm like well whatever screw the book i'm just gonna go see the movie we went to the midnight release of book seven and like we're so excited that we were like trying like trying to read in the car with just like the occasional street light providing our light source like just holding the book this close to our face trying to read it we were me and my siblings were very very into them i got to know what happens next yeah i'm i'm pretty bad with uh i'm i'm really bad at books honestly i love reading them but i get i really have to focus on going and reading a book and usually I get honestly I do it at night and I have to really make sure I I'm getting to bed with enough time for me to actually read it so often I'm like playing a game and I'm just milking it until I'm gonna actually go to bed or I'm watching a show and I'm like okay but I'm, I'm gonna do this and uh, I you know I can do a little bit more of this or I can go read Let's just do a little bit more of this, and then and then I don't have time. So. Yeah, I haven't done any reading recently, but when I was in high school, I just inhaled books. Like I think I read the entire Hunger Games series in like a week. Like I just, that's, anything I can get my hands on. It's. I mean, that's only three books, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, Hunter. I'm only on. Uh, I still have to read books six and seven of Harry Potter. You said six and seven. I have to read six and seven. I still haven't read them yet. Yeah. Uh, I read, so I read the first one actually just recently for the first time, like, well, like last year or something. And then, um, then I, when I was younger, I did read, I think all of the third one, if not all of it, I read a good bit of it. And then I read most of Order of the Phoenix. Like I was literally at the end, they were at the Ministry of Magic doing their big fight. Why don't you read just, books like, in order? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, as a, one of my favorite storylines that I um, as actually <laughs> was inspired by the, a video game, but borrows from the comics was in the Injustice storyline. 
uh, they made the, the video game in 2013, and then they adapted it into a comic book series chron- uh, talking about the time gap from when, spoiler alert, Superman kills Joker after Joker uh, drugs him with uh, kryptonite lace fear toxin, uh, has tricks into killing Lois Lane, and by but having him kill Lois Lane sets off a dead man's switch that nukes Metropolis. And, and also remember- kills... Yeah, and also kills their unborn child. Yes, that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he had a really bad day, um, and you can, but uh, it go it transitions in that Superman's always the whole world, and the comics actually show that they get to the nitty gritty of that. And you see a lot of death and a lot of just like they pull characters from all across like DC comics. And it kind of starts, it gets kind of borderline Superman kills the DC universe, but it's, it takes a lot, it's like a slow progress from, you know, it shows that slow progress of, oh, I'm going going to kill criminals and stop tyrannical governments to, yeah, I'm going to kill Shazam by, you know, lobotomizing his brain because he disagreed with me and nuke Metropolis and Gotham City, you know, screw him. Because yeah. they, don't, they don't like me as a hero, and I'm I'm the best, and I know what I'm doing. And honestly, this was this was one of those storylines that I was really thinking about, and I I really wanted to to bring up. And I'm I'm glad you brought it up uh, because now I have other things that I can bring up. Um, yeah. Have you have you read all of them? Uh, no, I I haven't been keeping up as much as I want to. I just. Uh, what yeah. year did you did you stop on? I don't know. I I've been really inconsistent with them, kind of out of order. Um, occasionally, just reading some. Uh, I read the first. I don't know. Uh, I think in terms of the comics for volume one, I read up to. Uh, when. It was when uh, Damien killed. Uh, Nightwing. Uh, Nightwing. Yeah, Dick Grayson. Thank yeah, you. Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick yeah. Grayson he kills Dick Grayson, which and then he takes the mentions in the game in the game, which you actually see it in the storyline. Although um, they do it pretty differently in Injustice Two than they did in the the comics. There yeah, are a lot less like people around. Yeah, I didn't like that retcon. That actually, thing they did. Wait, in, they didn't show it. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. They didn't show it. They mentioned it in the first one, and the second one they just took that out. Yeah, they redid the whole like that whole incident where he's there. They had that prison, con- the Arkham Asylum confrontation, and they have it where Damien just kills Victor's as and to show his allegiance to Superman instead of you know this is oh, that's actually where it was. There was a big prison break, and they were trying to contend on the superheroes, and they were fighting together for a second. Then Damien accidentally kills you know Nightwing. Yeah, um, he like pushes him or kicks him or something, and then throws a baton at his. He falls head out and, and like breaks his neck or something, yeah. and it's like ah, that was that was a tough, that was a tough one. Yeah, it was sad. I mean, uh, yeah, it was sad. It was sad seeing how Batman respond to that death. Um, well, and there's can, a lot of, and you can see how you can see how Damien reacts to it. Like he's. Yeah. He's pretty upset about it too because he did not mean to do it. Yeah. Like he did not want to kill anybody, but he didn't want to kill, you know, Dick Grayson. I mean, he yeah. he could care less about all the criminals in there. Yeah, um, sorry, that's was, it, 
Yeah, but he really he really did care about Grayson. It did scar him and and how Batman seeing how Batman reacted to him seeing how Batman reacted to him after that, you know, kind of furthered that divide and kept him on Superman's side. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on, like like besides like small character deaths where you're like, Oh no, not them. There's a you know, a lantern war, there's a a lot of there's a lot of they throw in they throw in like all the magicians and the magic stuff. There's a they even fight the Greek gods, which is wild. But it's it's a really fun uh, year. One, year one through five is really fun to read. And then they also have you know a shorter uh, arc of uh, Injustice Two leading up to you know after he's imprisoned and uh, right before Injustice Two starts. Okay, were there any more that take place after Injustice Two? Uh, nothing after Injustice Two. Uh, if they make it three, then they'll probably do a, a little yeah. prequel series or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. But it'll be weird because of the alternate the two endings. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I do love. Um, I love. I again, I love Injustice because this is like the one of the few, if not like the only version of Superman that I actually find enjoyable because he's not you know he's like not mr perfect and do no wrong and save everybody because everything's got to be good and just and right he's like he loses it and he just yeah like you you see him get evil and it's honestly to me it's so perfect because you can actually if you look back at the the killing joke you know, he Joker proves the point with Superman that he was trying to make with uh, with Batman, or maybe yeah, it was sure. with Jim Gordon that he was. Yeah, trying it was Jim Gordon. Yeah, trying to make yeah. that. You know, like anybody can go insane and just break after having one bad day. One really. Yeah, bad one really bad day, and so he, again, he kind of proves that uh, Superman, you know, that anybody can be just like him, and especially doing that to Superman, I think that's just wonderful and more maybe even more than uh superman's whole thing in that story it it just it makes me appreciate how fantastic of a villain the joker is because like he he wins and this is him this is a victory for the Joker. This is like his biggest victory that he could ever get. And you yeah. see, you get to see exactly what happens when he gets his way. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wins and he, and the world feels it, feels the aftermath after everything that Superman, from everything Superman does, whether he thinks it's good when it's actually, oh, dude, don't, don't, don't kill, don't, don't, don't kill them. Don't, oh, wow, kill don't them. kill a teenager. Don't, don't kill all these people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's worth it's worth the read. It's worth the read. Yeah, it's great. Do you have an another storyline that you would care to discuss? Well, you you say another. You didn't have one. You didn't ask me mine yet. Well, do you I have, have yours? I know you. You said you liked to discuss mine, but uh, what, what was what's one that you have to, to share? So mine, if we're talking books, uh. Technically, this is a novel adaptation of a story from a video game. 
which which I prove works. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would go with. Uh, I'm sure none of you are familiar with anything from the Warcraft series or the Warcraft franchise, uh, but I'm going to go with the book Arthas, which is based mostly on Arthas's storyline from Warcraft Three. And that includes Warcraft 3, the main game, which was Reign of Chaos, and the expansion, uh, The Frozen Throne. And so what happens in that is it's, it's kind of like the Injustice thing with Superman, except you don't have as much history with the character when you get in there. So basically it's... So the first two games... Uh, they're like the first two wars that are in Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2. And it's a whole thing, you know, there's a real quick general setup is orcs are this like kind of monstrous looking race. They're not really monstrous, but uh, they're this race from another another planet. And they were a, a long time ago kind of corrupted by like demons. They were corrupted by demons uh, that were after another race that were on their, that crash landed on their planet. And they were uh, corrupted, given this blood to make them really bloodthirsty and just have to kind of slaughter everyone. Cause even naturally they loved, or they were a really war hungry race pretty much. And so they came over into the world of Azeroth and they basically just kind of started fighting the humans and everything over there uh, to kind of make way unknowingly for this big demonic invasion, this big demonic army. And as, you know, they go through like their first year, uh, the first big war, a lot of stuff happens. Then they come back for a second war, more stuff happens, whatever. Uh, then in, by the time of the third game, that's when, you know, a lot of stuff is pretty much broken and the demons, the, it's called the, the Burning Legion at this time. And they come over and they're finally ready to really come in and take, you know, just destroy the world, do what they do with their set. They've been setting up for, for the first two games. And to do this, there's also another character that was cast out and because he was doing all this other stuff, he was kind of tricked by them and he wasn't really happy with the demon army. So he was, uh, his soul was ripped from his body and then kind of thrown into this giant like iceberg, kind of a set of armor that was trapped in this like giant iceberg thing. And this giant frozen throne is what it was. Uh, and he's able to kind of telepathically communicate to all these people and build his own army called the Scourge, which is like this undead horde. So he kills people and then brings them back to life using necromantic, necromantic energy. Uh, and then, you know, he's, he's a big threat. So he finds this, you start off with this character, Arthas, who is a paladin. He's a warrior of the light and he's, you know, pretty like noble and you know tries to do good things and he gets a little carried away 
he's the prince and he you see him from the start try so desperately to fight uh this major threat to his kingdom that's just killing all his people and then turning them into monsters against the rest of his people so it's pretty horrific and he just you know he gets so he becomes more and more desperate as he goes on you know killing things watching you know people die and then have them be brought back to fight him again and eventually he kind of gets driven to madness by fighting this guy who's kind of been manipulated by the guy who's in the ice and by the end of his campaign in the first game or in the 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 base game he is just like he goes out of his way he takes a group of soldiers to this frozen land in the north to find this weapon that's supposed to be able to defeat this really big demon guy who you think is kind of leading this army. Um, And so he finally finds this sword, but when he does, it's frozen in ice and he has to, when he gets it, it does this thing and a, a shard of ice flies out, kills like his best friend and mentor. And he's just like, Oh, well, I needed it, so I don't care. Whatever. Okay. Sucks for you. Uh, and then he goes back. He recruits all these mercenaries because he can't get to his ship, or his men are trying to leave, and he doesn't want them to, so he recruits these mercenaries to get them to burn down his ships so that his his people can't leave, his army can't leave. And then when he gets back to his men, he's like, hey, guys, these mercenaries just destroyed your ships. We need to kill them. And then so he just, he becomes so much more dark and corrupted and everything. And it's just, it's great because you see that slow build and to that really awful dark side. And then in, you know, he, he still has more in the next, like the expansion. He's pretty much just cold and dark and he's just he's ruthless he's really unfeeling and he's he's kind of a servant just doing everything for this other guy but you know eventually he kind of gets there when he frees the the necromancer who is trapped in ice he's basically like okay cool i did what you wanted now i'm gonna take over so he takes his armor and everything and kind of infuses himself with the necromancer. And it's just like, it's really well done. You can even look up some of the videos that they show the cinematics. Uh, if you look on YouTube for them and it's just, again, there's a lot to that whole game and the whole book, but it's, it's fantastic. There are so many wonderful points. I wish I could talk about it a lot more. Uh, I'm not very good at, I'm not being good, uh, I'm not good at being concise about anything, <laughs> uh, especially something with so much content, but. You spoiled it, Hunter. <laughs> huh? I was saying you, spo- you kind of spoiled you spoil it for me. Well, no. no, I didn't. There's a lot more. No, I can't read it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You should. But it seems like it's, it's fun to watch um, 
the storylines where the hero goes bad or in Hannah's case where the hero has to I guess challenge challenges himself or the, or heroes have to challenge themselves and are, are uh, have to have to there's some there's an alternate kind of storyline to where it's not you know oh no the big villain's coming let's or it's more like hey let's see how you do in these puzzles and challenges let's see how your how your brain can work its way out of this this situation and see how you improve as a as a fighter or a person yeah hannah did you have any um manga that you wanted to recommend that are that have good storylines oh gosh uh i don't know um I mean, I've already met, recommended uh, The Promised Neverland, which is always mm. fantastic. Uh, and if you're looking for some really fun uh, battle scenes and honestly some interesting stories, I feel like the um, the ones I'm thinking of don't have a ton of good guys going bad, but more the other way around. So if you're looking for some good redemption stories, yeah. Um, yeah. read a lot of fairy tale, and that's great. Um, and I haven't, I was assuming there's a manga for my hero academia but yeah the, the anime is definitely worthwhile as well oh yeah. yeah if you're looking for some good high action battle scenes yeah well i'm trying to get people reading, reading here mm. you millennials get us millennials trying to reading here you know? mm -hmm. yeah. yeah uh i have read the entire fairy tale manga and it's it's pretty good it's, yeah. pretty good. it's a little bit silly um and a little bit very stereotypical anime where it's like the power of friendship is what's going to help us fight the baddie, but it's uplifting and it's fun. Um, and you, yeah. there's tons of characters with tons of cool powers and stuff. So it's, it's a good time. Well, I would also recommend um, just in terms of like a whole series, I would recommend the Witcher books uh, because they're fantastic. I know there's the show coming out whenever I, I can't remember if it's supposed to be this year or next year but uh i'm really looking forward to that but i'm also not <laughs> because it's not going to be what i what i'm what i picture um the games are great too they also take a very different approach but the books were there first and i i think they do them best uh as great as the games are i think the books definitely do the witcher the best mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. My final recommendation would be I've talked to a lot of people who unfortunately have seen Netflix's series of unfortunate events, but have not read the books. I do love those books. I grew the up books with are so good. They're yes. so good. Netflix, um, Netflix does a great job adapting them. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like the character author of Lemony Snicket has like this particular sense of humor and this particular way of talking about things that is just really, really fun to read. Yeah. Um, and he does things that are completely taboo in writing. He does them. So yeah. it's definitely for, good. But, you know, for, in a kid's book, no, in the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hannah, you got anything for next week? Yes. So next week, uh, I'm finally going to have my conversation about classics. What are classics? What things are classics? How do we decide what those are? And uh, can we, like, come to an agreement on what are some things that every human being should watch? <laughs> Right, because I would argue Star Trek. A lot of people disagree with me, so we're going to hash all that out next time. Maybe. That's all for today, guys, girls, people. I uh, hope you guys have a great week. Remember, the ends don't always justify the means. We'll see y'all, hear from y'all next time.